Welcome back to the Podcast Insight fam. It has been a hot minute since we met up for a new episode, and that is completely my fault. Hopefully, y'all are having a great start to your 2023 year. I can tell you right now, the first two and a half months of going on three, really, of this new year have been quite demanding for me, anywhere from a, a, a time management as well as a schedule and a tasks to be completed perspective. But as I mentioned before in episode three, the way that you implement and develop your specific time management skills is never going to be the same in every single chapter of your life because there are going to be new obstacles and new challenges that arise in, well, by natural development of your own achievement and own ascension in life that you're going to constantly have to rework those tools and those techniques in order to best meet the challenges ahead. And that's really what's been going on kind of with me behind the scenes over the last three months. There have been a lot of things that have kind of had my focus on professional and personal development with respects to mainly work stuff. That being said, the extra time that I did have between the uploading of the Christmas episode and this episode, I wanted to make sure that I got enough data and I got enough information for y'all to really, really get an all-encompassing view, or at least enough of an encompassing view to have a very honest and intellectual conversation about the current state of dating, whether it be the successes, the pitfalls, the obstacles, maybe some of the challenges, some of the successes that exist today. And where many of us may be having headaches, right? That also applies to men and women. So I will let you know now that today's episode will be a prime example of one of the, I guess, necessary conversations that this podcast was originally designed to execute for the benefit of you, the listener. And specifically, one of the things that I want to give you the heads up on is you really have to leave your preconceptions of dating at the door as well as any condemnations or any baggage you may have towards the opposite sex at the beginning of the show. Because quite frankly, if you take that into today's episode and today's segments and you dwell on those too much, it's going to take away your ability to listen listen to what is being said that may help you give a get perspective on some of the challenges of the other side, right? Now, that being said, nothing that's going to be covered today is meant to be a confirmation of your condemnations or your pre-existing notions or ideas about the nature of the opposite sex. This is really just meant to be an analysis of some of the issues that affect everyone in the dating world today. There are going to be some things that are very unique to the male perspective. There are going to be things that are very unique to the female perspective today. Ladies, I'm glad you're here. But because a lot of my audience is males, you're going to find that many of the things that we reference and that I point to today are going to be obstacles that many men have experienced facing in today's dating market. It is not an indictment on every single one of you. And I will let you know this now because I'm going to say this once because we have a lot to cover today and I can't keep stopping and saying this one phrase. The stuff that we talk about today is not going to, I understand, apply to all women or all men. So please, 
While I love hearing from you guys about the show and I love getting your interaction and feedback, do not, do not slide into my DMs on Instagram, whether it be my personal page or preferably the show's page because I love interacting with you guys on there. Do not slide into the the inbox of either one of those pages with the opening statement of, hey, I listened to the show, but you missed the mark because not all men or not all women. Yeah, I get that. When we talk about generalities, we have to do so because there is a frequency of behavior that is occurring across multiple demographics, multiple states, multiple countries from what I've seen now on two hemispheres of the world that it warrants enough of a pause in the discussion to where we specifically point it out and go, hey, this is an issue. Let's discuss this. So when doing so today, I'm going to ask that you refrain from using whataboutisms. Now, if you don't know what a whataboutism is, you hear it in the political spectrum a lot. You start talking about something that may be, well, less favorable towards your specific party, right? So if it's a thing that it's an obstacle that a lot of guys face and we start breaking it apart and dissecting it, your immediate internal reaction should be, should not be, should say, well, men do, or well, what about when men do? No, 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 no. Because two things can be true at the same time. This deflectionary tactic is is not useful or constructive to anything in this realm of conversation. So it will be left at the door. So if you slide into my inbox with that, I'm going to do one or two things. If you come correctly and professionally, I will interact with you and I will exchange ideas with you. Hell, I might even schedule a follow-up call on the, the podcast and get you on here and say, hey, okay, you know, what is it about this that maybe you don't agree with? And we can go back and forth on that in a civil manner. However, if you come at me sideways and I find out that you haven't listened to everything that this episode has to offer, I'm either going to delete your message and not respond to you at all, or I may omit your name and personal identifying inf- pieces of information, and I may just have a, a portion of the show where I do like mean tweets, <laughs> where I just read like mean comments. And I wouldn't say roast you, but I mean definitely like come correct when you have this conversation because it's meant to be constructive for everybody who's listening. Now, second piece of house cleaning. When I was putting together today's episode, it became very apparent to me very quickly that this episode had a lot going on. And I mean a lot. The initial versions of this show, and I put this up on Instagram, the initial versions of this show were three hours and some change. And that was with <laughs> that was with me editing and omitting fluff information. Like there's, when I say that today's episode, I I put a lot of time and energy into this. Like you guys are going to see. So when I put it to a vote on Instagram, fortunately, a lot of you guys came back and the people that voted were like, yeah, break it up into segments because I'm like, bro, love your show to death. I even had one person tell me they're like, I'm excited about this episode, but I'm not going to sit down and listen to this thing for three hours plus straight. So I took that in consideration. Today's episode will be broken up into several different segments And at the beginning of each segment, one, the intros are going to be a lot shorter than this one. There's a lot of ground rules to cover today before we get into it because I really don't have to stop and keep addressing 
the left and right parameters and the ground rules and saying not all men or not all women. If we just go into this with the understanding of, okay, we're speaking in generalities because I can't answer for every, you know, one of your ex-girlfriends, mothers, brothers, cousins, seconds, second roommates, husbands, friends, you know, landlords, owners, brother. Don't ask me to repeat that relation to justify or counter the overall point that I'm making with your one-off scenario. So we need to be aware of that going in. And each of these episodes will have a brief little recap of some of the, the things that we talked about in the previous episode. So that even if you do have to put the episode down and come back to it and you start, you start a new one, you're like, Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. We talked about that in the last segment. So that's out of the way. We're going to go ahead and jump into it today. I'm glad to have y'all back. I hope y'all have an amazing time with this episode. And quite frankly, I'm really loving the fact that you guys are interacting with the pages as much as you are. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, go ahead and check us out. We are at the Early Insight Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, Early Early Insight Host. I usually put up polls for the show on the show's page as well as my own. But I'm going to have you guys start migrating over there to the show's podcast page because that's where we're going to start doing a lot more of the interactive polls as well as the interaction with you, the audience members. And quite honestly, big announcement. We are coming up on one year of the show. And I just got a new notification saying that we have 29 new followers on Spotify. So y'all are awesome. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Now that we got the house cleaning out of the way. And let's dive into it. Peace. Welcome back to the podcast inside fam. This is part one of the episode. So let's go ahead and just jump into it because there's a lot to get to today. So when, as I kind of alluded in the intro, when I was putting together this episode, it became very apparent to me very quickly that it was going to be It was going to be multifaceted in a way that I didn't necessarily plan for. Now, what I mean by that is, is that I knew that this was going to be a, (laughs) it was going to be a bulky topic, but I didn't realize just how much and how beefy (laughs) it was going to be until I started putting this together. And I was like, uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot. So one of the, one of the challenges that immediately came up was, okay, well, where do I start with this? Because this is one of those topics that, as I also alluded to in the intro, if you're not careful, it becomes very, very easy to devolve this conversation and this topic into a blame competition and a stone-throwing competition towards the opposite sex. And that's, I mean, nobody wants that because we we have, oh my gosh, we already have communities doing that on social media. And that's, that's not really helpful for anybody who's really looking to really get a foothold and an understanding of maybe how to navigate the dating world, perhaps how to avoid some of the headaches that they are continually coming up against with respects to interactions on dates or rather how some of them don't pan out. Any number of things any number of things. So what I really wanted to do was when I compiled this, I I had to take a hard look at it. And I'm like, okay, well, where do I start with this? And it came down to one simple question. And one simple question alone. And that was, 
how did it come to this? Right now, that's not meant to sound ominous, but it, <laughs> I guess, to a degree, it definitely warrants that phrasing of the question. Well, the short answer is, is that dating has always been difficult. However, I would argue that probably in the last 20 years, it's changed dramatically. Now, if out of those 20 years, you were to ask me, well, Brandon, when, when was like the absolute, like, you know, no joke, like this is the moment that the game changed forever. And I would, I would tell you that if I had to point, if I really had to point to a specific year, it'd probably be 2008. Now, We'll get to why that's important here in a second. However, I will tell you for some of my listeners out there, I've seen the demographics and the age ranges of the show, and they're about where I wanted, they're about the crowd that I wanted to really make sure that this podcast got delivered to. And so far, it's been, it's been hitting that demographic very, very well. Some of you in the upper age range of, the demographic that's currently tuned into this show will remember the this change that I'm talking about because specifically before the advent of social media, which for some of you, my younger listeners out there, you're gonna be like, oh God, here we go. Be like, no, 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 stick with me on this because it'll come up again later. For some of you, you cats that are a bit closer to my age, you'll remember that one of the dynamics that existed before social media and the the smartphone with all of its many wonders was the dynamic of how you went about engaging with people was completely different right so you had to develop one of the biggest things that you had to develop was interpersonal communication skills and social skills for those one-on-one interactions as well as being able to pivot to a group setting so that you could bounce back and forth and really just become a little bit more of a well-rounded individual where interpersonal communications and interactions were concerned. You had to master that. And in doing so, you were able to further sharpen your, your personality a little bit better. You were able to handle the pressure that comes with face-to-face interactions that perhaps may cause a little bit more anxiety and a little bit more nervousness in folks today. Now, even before this, like cold approaches were kind of hit or miss in a lot of ways, especially when you were, when you had developed enough courage to actually go off and approach someone that perhaps you didn't know, right? So for guys, when you got really accustomed to interacting with folks on a one-on-one basis and in person, you figured out what those social norms and those social lines were, and you figured out how to read a room fairly well. And that went into developing not only your personality and your characteristics, but also your confidence that if properly developed would enter a room before you did. So before you ever talk to anybody, people could look over and be like, that guy carries himself in a certain kind of way, like he knows what's up, right? It just was what it was. So why is 2008 so important? Well, as I kind of mentioned a second ago and hinted at, 2008 was really, really important because uh, a couple of years before, I believe Apple had actually introduced the first uh, Apple phone to the market. Now, there had been kind of hints that they were going to try something like this, what with the advent and introduction of the iPod, the iPod Nano, 
nano touch like all of this stuff was leading up to so the next logical step was for apple to pull the trigger and you know make a phone and there were a lot of other things that were going on from a technological advancement standpoint where other companies were trying to do this too but i think apple was probably the first one to do it as well as they did and because they made it to market first with such a high caliber product it kind of took off in a way that i don't think really a lot of people were expecting and as a result, it began to make people's lives much more integrated with technology, and it allowed them to become much more productive. We'll flash forward a few years, and Facebook and MySpace were a thing. <laughs> For some of you that are a little bit older, you know, you remember MySpace. Facebook in its early years, you had to be part of a collegiate setting, and you had to be registered with some kind of higher education uh, institution in order to create an account on Facebook. For some of y'all, that may be wild to believe, but it's absolutely true. So when Facebook was first around, I remember when I had first registered an account back in, oh God, I'm dating myself on this one. I want to say I had first created an account back in like 2006. And at the time I was attending community college to kill off basics to save money. So when I finally transferred to university, I wasn't subject to paying higher tuition fees for classes that I could get at a fraction of the cost for equal, equal quality of presentation, right? So it's the same quality class, just at a, you know, a, a cheaper rate. I don't really think that was a bad thing, but it made it a little bit easier. So when I went to go register for this this social media platform, when I went to go register for my, my Facebook account, I had to list what community college I was going to, and I even updated that information when I went to Texas Tech. Now, the reason why that's important is because social media had come on the scene, and it was connecting people in a way that really they had never been connected before. And so you were bumping into, quote-unquote, and meeting people that you would have otherwise never come across. So when you went to go register for let's say your Facebook account and you told them what school you went to, they would network you and they would suggest people and discussion boards that pertain to not only your university, but also the classes you may be taking and put you in touch with the people that had taken those classes before. So you knew which professors to study under because there was nothing worse than signing up for a class and then getting there and realizing your professor was trash. That, that was the worst. So when you were going through and you were tailoring your schedule, you could check up on these boards and you can communicate with other students that had previously gone into, gone into these classes and they could tell you, yeah, you know, study with this professor, do this. He's going to tell you to buy these books or she's going to tell you to buy these books or really in actuality, she's going to structure the class in a way that you really only need to leverage like maybe these two out of the three or, you know, during the spring classes, she's really only going to use this this one primary book and maybe reference the other two, but it's okay if you don't actually have those other two because she's got PowerPoints and it, you're, you're good to go. So there were discussion boards up on the earlier stages of Facebook to help you kind of navigate and pick out classes. Now, the reason why that's important is that it also opened up the opportunity for you to quote unquote, befriend, or, you know, send a friend request to people that maybe you thought were really insightful on some of these posts, and what have you, and it allowed you to connect with people that you may not have 
excuse me, initially crossed paths with. And so that was kind of the, the start of some of the earlier online social networking. And we can see how in today, in today's world, how it's easy just to look up somebody on social media just by their picture and be like, oh yeah, cool. You know, they look, they look fun. They out, they look outgoing. They look, you know, aesthetically appealing. You know, whatever the case may be, they're attractive. They're this, they're that. I'm going to go ahead and friend them. We do that with celebrities, people that we, we admire, we think are interesting. It's very, very different compared to how it was when I was, when I was in my more formidable years. Because when I was growing up before social media, if you wanted to improve your social circle and you wanted to maybe have the chance to run into somebody famous, your best bet, especially if you grew up in a small town, was to graduate from high school, maybe go off to a higher you, you know, higher education, uh, universities, whatever the case may be, or even go off to trade programs that would take you into the cities that had job opportunities for you, whether it be through your degree or whether it be for your skilled trade, you went where the jobs were. And ideally, if you had something that was versatile enough, you would be able to go to these hot spots where you would heard or read in these tabloids that, you know, these, these high rollers would go. Now, with the advent of social media, you were able to connect with people all across the nation and all across the world and find a direct path of communication to these folks. So in 2008, to backtrack a little bit, in 2008, stepping away from what social media is now and kind of how it has changed things, if we if we jump back to 2008 real quick to continue on that earlier train of thought, is that Facebook took its platform from a PC-based, uh, really a PC-based interface, and then they began developing the Facebook app. Now, once the app hit the iPhone, oh, that was that was a game changer because what ended up happening was is that now you had the ability to connect with people all over the world because by this time, Facebook was also opening up to the idea where it wouldn't limit your social circle and interactions to the people that were just on your campus. It would open it up to people who were enrolled in colleges all across the nation, the world. And then ultimately it opened up to the general public to where you had many more people getting on there who were maybe young professionals. And now we look at it and it's like, you got a pulse and an internet access is like, dude, you're good to go. Just get a Facebook. Although there's really... There aren't too many people using Facebook that are really part of the demographics that listen to the show. It just it's 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 not really as much of a thing as it was, but this is really to give you an example of how the ball started to roll. So when Facebook kind of opened up to the the general public, uh, it was a thing that kind of happened overnight or at least from what I remember it was. Because then it went from being just the people that I was in school with and interacting with on a regular basis or whatever to now it was anybody that you came into contact with at all had a Facebook page. And it wasn't as commercialized as it is now. It wasn't necessarily as political as it is, as it is now. 
and it certainly didn't have a lot of the rules and oversight that it does now. So one of the things that accelerated people connecting with folks all across the world were a lot more of these social media games that came up that you could connect with folks where it would be either you know, Texas Hold'em, Farmville, whatever the case may be. And you would meet up with these people in these chats and you'd be like, hey, yeah, this guy's kind of funny because, you know, you're playing poker or, hey, this girl's kind of funny, whatever. So you would build a friend base and then from there, they would invite their friends to play and then you would, you know, you would meet people through there. And so maybe you, you know, you came across somebody who was in your area, in your geographical, you know, area. And maybe they're a member of the opposite sex. You guys hit it off. You meet up for you know, coffee in real life, and then these things take off from there. So you had much more of a direct access to people that maybe you didn't and weren't necessarily going to come across paths or cross paths with had you not been inside of, you know, one of these online games where you got to connect with your friends and whatever else, whether it be through Texas Hold'em, Farmville, you know, just you name it, it was there. Now, what ended up happening was that businesses realized, oh, we can we can create accounts for our business and if we have an online presence we can advertise or we can show hey you know this is a way for us to you know this is a way for us to advertise not only our presence but reach out to our customer base in general and then what ultimately as the years unfolded what ended up happening is is that now you have things like Instagram where a business will have its its address on file and what will happen is is that you'll have a lot more of these these influencers if you will that will take photos at these establishments tag themselves and then in the area when you go to look and discover what maybe is around you to figure out plans and you know what to do with your friends and everything else like that you'll look and these well these organizations and these companies have realized that if they take the most if they take the profiles and the photos that have the most aesthetically appealing thing in them, whether that be the food, the drinks, in some cases, maybe it's the women that are posing in these photos, they realize that if they want to get money in the door, there is a good opportunity and there's something to be said about utilizing the tactic to put these more aesthetically appealing photos as part of one of the the pinned photos on their page to get people in and going, wow, man, that caliber of woman goes there. Oh, that kind of guy goes there. Then you have people kind of coming in the door. And then when people are looking at maybe more of these rural small small towns, they're hearing about the hustle and bustle of some of these larger cities. And whether they be, you know, the really attractive girl from, you know, let's say rural Kansas or wherever, who is looking to make a move. And while she's on, you know, I don't know, Instagram, maybe one of her friends says, oh, yeah, she took a vacation here. And then she starts seeing what's around. And then she starts seeing the attractions, the type of guys, the type of nightlife that and it's enticing. So you have a lot more of these attractive individuals honing in on how they're going to go about getting to very specific places and being enticed into areas that are hustling and bustling. And so what ends up happening is, is that not only that, but they're able to see where maybe some of their favorite celebrities or athletes go to hang out. And then from there, they increase the probability of them running into said athletes and maybe catching a fish that maybe otherwise otherwise have been out of their league just by figuring out, oh, well, 
the type of dudes that I think I deserve or the type of women that I think I deserve go here. So therefore, if I want to catch the best fish I can, I need to go to these spots where they're congregating. And so that's ultimately how social media has kind of, in a nutshell, changed the way that we interact and we go about meeting people on the daily. Now, here is the problem with this. That was a lot, I know. And so getting back to this, the problem is, is that with so much of social media becoming intricately intertwined with our lives, it becomes much easier for us to be blinded by the genuine connections that may be sitting around us in places of education, worship, work. Well, I don't know about work because honestly, we'll get into this here a little bit later. I would caution you from starting relationships at work because it's as one as one president that I worked for said, it's never a good idea to get your dates to the same place you get your paycheck. It causes it causes way too many complications and it just it's it's a liability because then if something happens and the relationship falls apart, you have that awkward like, mm, I don't know, I work with them and you know, you gotta see them on a constant basis. It just it's it's not good. Because what could happen too is maybe the other person moves on and you know about it and you have to work with that person every single day. And if you are not over that breakup or you are not over that relationship and you have to be reminded of something that you lost on a regular basis and it causes you to look inward and realize, crap, they moved on. I'm still alone. This sucks. So it, it takes your mind off of whatever job that you have and your focus away from where it needs to be, which is on the work that you're there to do in efforts to build your career as well as your success and stability and your ideal candidacy as a potential mate for perhaps, guys, a young lady who may be looking to find a guy who is financially set, stable, has a good career, all the rest of it. And... What ends up happening on the other side of that, ladies, I've talked to a couple of you where that situation is something that you have been a part of or are currently involved in. And many of you have told me that, yes, indeed, that does take your focus away from what you're doing. And it makes the dynamic of work a little bit more awkward. And you're not really that uh, that happy to, you know, maybe step into work on a regular basis because occasionally, you know, going to social functions where you have mixers for the company makes it much more uncomfortable for you, especially if you're showing up alone and your ex isn't. That's, dude, that's, a, that's not a good sight, like, for anybody involved, right? Whether I mean, it, it sucks. It hurts, right? Because it just reminds you that you weren't good enough to some level, and that sucks, right? So it's just not a good idea to have work relationships. You know, don't date the people you work with, just make your life easier. So the reason why I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent earlier about being able to develop your interpersonal, uh, excuse me, interpersonal relationship and interpersonal communication skills and developing a sense of humor, becoming interesting, becoming funny is because you can put out the best persona and best image 
on social media, but if somebody meets you in person and you're, you've got about as much personality as a wet dish rag, dude, they're not going to stick around for so long. Right? So overall, let's go ahead and bring this back into a synthesized format and really look at a couple of major points. And it was like, okay, so what changed with the dating world? Well, several things, in fact, and one of the biggest ones we just touched on, social media apps. It can be bad, but it can be used to be leverage your dating success and your ability to, it, it really, your ability to take a great photo matters for trips on, I, you know, whether you take trips around the world and you want to show people what you're doing, you know, Instagram is a way to help those that matter the most to you stay connected so you can share those images, let's say of your, your trips and whatever else with other people. However, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you'll have a, a, a percentage of the population out there and guys are getting savvy to this too. If they want to show that they're well-cultured, they're well-traveled, they're this, they're that, and they lead interesting lives, they'll take photos while they're on vacation or while they're traveling, posting it up, tagging these places that perhaps may be ideal vacation destinations for the young women that they hope to one day take with them. And in the event of them or when they, when they tag these locations, they know that what's going to end up happening is that there are going to be women out there that follow these locations. And these women are going to be drawn to these guys because they have an online presence that suggests that they lead interesting lives and they lead the type of lives that these women want to be part of. So guys, the reason why social media is so important is because it does help you present at least a case for perhaps leading an interesting life. However, on the other side of that, there is a lot more that goes on in people's lives that they do not post about photos wise. So really, Instagram is the highlight reel. You cannot make an assessment of the potentiality of somebody being a good candidate and partner in the dating world based solely on their online presence. However, the problem with that is, is that so much of the perceived level of value and the credibility of your potential candidacy to maybe be her new interest is going to completely depend sometimes initially that entire decision is going to completely depend upon what your online presence looks like. It sounds stupid, but it's the same concept that exists in the dating apps. And if you think I'm making this up, ladies, think about this because I've seen y'all do this. You meet a guy out in public, right? Fellas, you meet a girl out in public. What ends up happening? You guys hit it off. You start chatting it up a little bit. You get friendly. And I've noticed that instead of people going for the phone number, right, they go for the Instagram page. And then what happens? You get that ad. You play it off cool. You let them accept the invite, whatever the case may be. You add her. You walk away. She turns to her friends and she starts scrolling through your Instagram page either right there or before she goes to bed because not only is she looking at your profile, her friends are too. And what's happening is is that she's doing a couple of different things. And again, ladies, before you get up in arms and be like, oh my gosh, you're generalizing all... Listen, I've watched so many of you do this. 
in multiple settings, multiple age groups, multiple states, multiple countries on both sides of the world right now. So don't come at me sideways <laughs> because this is a tactic that's used by women in now, let's see, two, three, four, five, probably about four different countries I've seen right now, right? And that's in the last two years. So now if you want to talk about states, that number gets higher. And it only goes to strengthen my case. So you can be mad, but behavior don't lie, right? So, and I've seen you guys do this. Now, what happens is, is that they'll sit there and look at your photos and their friends will weigh in on it. And her decision on whether or not she wants to continue to talk to you may be dependent upon what her friends think. Now, why is that important? Well, if her friends are attracted to you, she's going to be attracted to you because there's this concept called pre-selection. Now, what that means is, is that if she gets the blessing of other women, that's going to look better on you because it tells her that you have the ability to be attractive to multiple women. Now, there's this is where the phenomenon kind of gets a little funny. Guys, if you're not familiarized with this, trust me, it's a thing. And if you really want me to dig up research on this, I can but I purposely chose not to because I, f <laughs> I was worried it was going to dive too much into the weeds and I, I really wanted to stay on top here. So what will happen is, is that they'll look through their photos. They're listening to see if their friends think that you're cute or you're attractive. And if her friends think, her, think that you are attractive, it's going to be much more of an appealing thing to her because she's going to know that she's not blinded by whatever or that she has her standards where they need to be. Women have this thing where they want to make sure that in, in when they're doing those, the, when they're doing this process, the women that are doing this and they're, they're assessing you on, quote, this pre-selection or this concept of pre-selection, what they're doing is they're ensuring that you are attractive to other women, but inversely, one of the things that they also want to make sure of is that you are not attracted to their friends. I'm going to say that again. Women want to make sure that you are considered attractive by other women, mainly their friends, because it's their judgment they trust the most. But on the other side of that, it's much more attractive to them if you are not attracted to their friends. They want to know that you have options, but they also take comfort in the fact that they know that you're not going to act upon those options. You are going to choose her. And that's why social media, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest changes that I think social media has actually had on the dating world because while there was an element of that before social media came around, you would she would introduce you to her friends and she would look for confirmation of that from her friends. However, comma, the difference was, was that her friends actually had to interact with you. Her friends had to get to know your personality. Her friends had to be able to pick apart your brain that night and figure out what you were about and what you stood for. Because here's the thing. Many of them would kind of decide whether or not they wanted the relationship to continue after you had been vetted, vetted, excuse me, not vetted, vetted by their friends. Because it was, it was a buffer. 
they wanted to make sure that they they weren't missing quote any red flags that may present heartache, trouble, or headache for them in the future. So the benefit it was is that they had to interact with you. They couldn't get surface level assessments and make their final decision based on incomplete information. So that was probably the biggest, biggest change. Now, on the other side of that, they're able to do that much more efficiently. So the question is, well, crap, what am I supposed to do with my social media? Well, here's the thing, and I'm going to touch on this really quickly, because we're going to come back around to uh, the idea of taking good photos and having a good online presence when we're talking about dating apps, which, spoiler alert, I... I am vehemently against, I am, I, well, I don't know if vehemently is the right word, but I am adamantly against guys using dating apps because I think that what it allows us to do, and much like Instagram, it allows us to get lost in the weeds of having access to the profiles and the pictures of a lot of beautiful women at one time and women this applies to y'all too, is that you may get so wrapped up in the attention that you're getting online, or rather, guys, you may be getting wrapped up, so wrapped up in this girl that you think is absolutely stunning online that you're missing the opportunities that may be right in front of you with perhaps, let's say, the equivalent of like the girl next door, or the guy next door, right? The guy that ladies you've been friends with for however long growing up together and you don't want to take him seriously or you don't see him because in your mind you now have a level of access to somebody who is in a different league than this other guy and now he's no longer a serious option because all you have to do is post the right kind of things on Instagram to catch the attention of the athlete, the celebrity, the whoever and then off you go. Which I'm not saying don't go after the best, but what you need to realize is that if those guys have that level of attention from women, you need to realize that you have to be at the top of your game because if you're going after and you're sliding into his DMs, I guarantee you that other women are also doing that as well. Because if the guy has enough built-up confidence, if he has his life together, if he has his money straight if he's in good health, he's got all of this going for him. He's interesting to talk to. He leads an interesting life. He shows all the characteristics that you personally think are attractive. You are not going to be the only one that wants his attention. On the other side of that, there are guys that understand that that is the position that they are in and they will take advantage of that. And they won't they won't take any of the options that they have in front of them as legitimate candidates for something longer term. So what will end up happening is these girls that are going after these guys that have this line of women out the door, they're going to be going through them like a a Rolodex. For some of you, that may be an outdated term, but they're going to be going through them like a roster. They don't care because if they have a problem with Ron, they can just go on to the next one. So what ends up happening is is that when you throw yourself at the feet of this guy who's got this online clout, who's got this status, who's got his, you know, who's this top tier that you think he is, you want to mess around with this top guy, but then you're surprised when 
you take second or third place to a woman who was a little bit prettier than you, had a little bit more clout than you, or had a little bit more this, or was a little bit better arm candy, in whatever sense, these guys weren't really going to take you seriously to begin with. And then as a result, you end up getting hurt. And when you realize, oh, I need somebody to comfort me, and you turn to that friend that's always been there for the guy next door, he's no longer there because he felt cast aside. He didn't feel like you appreciated what he was bringing to your life. And in the process of you going after this guy that you may have seen that you think you can land off of Instagram or what have you, it robbed you of that experience of having something truly genuine, truly meaningful, and help you develop your level of experience and relationships in ways that you may not have necessarily had before. And in fact, it would have left you in a better position because it probably would have contributed to your life in a much healthier way than you chasing one of these dudes on Instagram. Now, you could easily say, well, this guy could have been bad for you. Yeah, maybe. But here's the thing, is that you would have been able to approach the dynamics of relationship and actually explored a little bit more of the romantic aspect of life with this guy, and it still ended better. Even if the, even if the relationship wouldn't have worked out, it still would have ended healthier and much more, I would say, productive for both of you because there was that deeper level of connection and he wanted to take you seriously. And had you done the same, there would at least been reciprocity there. As opposed to throwing yourself at the feet of some dude who you know probably has a line of women. And then you're surprised when he doesn't want to stick around. And then you end up getting hurt in the process. You become jaded. You become malcontent. Whatever the case may be, you have this lingering feeling of being used and being discarded. And now you're in a worse way. And now you have to start back from square one. And you may have now developed trust issues too. So, I mean, it just, for as, for as great as it is to help connect people all around the world, it has complicated dating in ways that, quite frankly, hadn't existed in my lifetime in the earlier years. And I'm not that old, guys. I really am not. So this is, when I say that this has been a drastic change, this has been a drastic change. Now, for those of you that may be thinking, well, I can't escape social media because it's it's intricately twined with who or intricately intertwined with who we are as a people and our presence and vetting other individuals to make sure they're not creeps, they do things interesting, they have hobbies, they have friends, all the rest of it. Social media is great for helping you weed out people who, quite frankly, maybe a little sus. It's a great tool. But guys, keep in mind too, just as much as it affects women, if you get too lost in simping over some girl that doesn't even know you exist online, following her page, leaving her likes, leaving her comments, hell, oh my God, I, I, I don't want to jump off on this bunny trail, but I'm going to mention it and we're going to come back to it. If you're one of those guys that ends up following her and you think that if you just pay her enough attention, if you hit the like button enough times, if you slide into her DMs enough times, if you comment on her stuff enough, if you ultimately end up following her, going to see her if she's a bottle service girl or you know paying money to get a table just so you can hang out with her or paying for her OnlyFans subscription, 
at the, you know, at, it, maybe I get to talk to her. No, dude. Especially if you're doing something like OnlyFans, you're not going to be able to talk to her. What you're doing is you're paying for access to chat with ch- to chat, excuse me, with some dude who's probably overweight, living in his mom's basement out in Alabama, tack, talking to you because he's managing her account. And for my friends that live in Alabama, no, that wasn't personal, guys. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you get my point. Is that you're you have this illusion that oh well, I'm getting access to her. No. You're taking the easy way out of a difficult situation. And here's what I mean by this. Instead of taking that money and investing it back into yourself with respects to maybe taking a class on how to become a more articulated speaker, how to best formulate your thoughts more clearly and effectively, how to become, let's say, more well-rounded and developed, maybe taking an online class about how to improve your style, how to improve, how to improve your understanding of social media, anything that would necessarily benefit you, make you more interesting, make you better educated from the standpoint of understanding how the world around you works and expanding your mindset so that you are able to carry on much more intelligent conversations. And because you're able to do that, you're able to carry yourself with a greater level of confidence that is going to help you traverse some of the obstacles of getting lost in the sauce and helping her is helping you stand out in the eyes of women. But instead you want to take that money and then you want to spend it on a girl who quite frankly is involved in an industry that's not new. This young lady's not an entrepreneur. She's not ladies. I, if you're part of that industry, you can you can yell at me in my, my inbox all day. You're not. I've met entrepreneurs. I've met successful entrepreneurs. I've met entrepreneurs that have fallen on their face. Out of 12 businesses that they've created, they've fallen on their face 11 times. And that 12th time, that business stuck. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're more entrepreneurs than you are even in the first month, if you launched your account and you're online talking about how you made 80K, okay, the guy who, the the guy or girl who went out there and they attempted their business 11 times and it failed and that 12th time stuck, they're more of an entrepreneur than you are. You are nothing more than a sex worker. You can come at me sideways. I mean, you can feel some kind of way about it, but that's really what it is. And I'm not trying to, you know, rally this this false bravado and be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what it is and sound tough. But no, like we have accepted that industry as something of normality. And it's not. Like there, there's nothing there's nothing honorable about being a girl on, on OnlyFans and then selling subscriptions. And I'm going to tell you guys this too, gents. If you're one of these cats out here that's paying for an OnlyFans girl, dude, you're freaking pathetic. You are. You're weak. You're doing yourself your own disservice. And, dude, like, outside of being weak and pathetic, like, you're clearly not a good steward of your own resources. You have no confidence in yourself. You clearly don't respect yourself because if you did, you wouldn't be paying money to a girl who sees you as nothing more than a number, who sees you as nothing more than an extra subscriber. And you're accessing explicit content to give yourself some kind of neurochemical high to a girl that doesn't even know or care that you exist.
So no, I like no, you're weak, and I'll ba- and I'll back that up any day of the week. I will I will purposely that'll be one of the hills that I purposely die on, and I'm not saying that again to sound overconfident or intimidating with it. Like this is this is a hard fact, guys. If you are online and you are paying a woman for her OnlyFans account and for her access for that kind of material, it's a mismanagement of resources in your freaking week. I don't care how many girls that you turn around and you claim that you can apparently go to a club or go out and pull. You invest in that, dude, you're weak. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Like, you're pathetic. Your your opinion and your your judgment holds no weight with me. And what's even worse is that even if you don't want to take my two cents on it, I guarantee you no guy worth the salt is going to respect that. Not at all. And ladies, if you're involved in that industry, I would encourage you to stop. For the simple fact that I have learned one thing since I saw the birth of the internet. It does not forget. It doesn't forget. And what you think you do now, you can sweep under the rug and, oh, there's going to be content all over the place. It doesn't matter, this, that, and the other. No, no, no. Let me explain something to you right now. What you do will impact you later on down the road. Oh, they have to get access to my stuff. It's nothing to screen record. It's nothing to take a screenshot. Not speaking from experience. I just understand how the technology works. You're not slick. And it doesn't take much to redistribute something that you think is stuck back behind a paywall. And then what ends up happening? Several years down the road, you're going to end up with a family. You're going to end up with kids. Your husband's going to find out in the worst way. And even worse, with as malicious as kids are and as integrated as technology is in school, is it really outside the realm of possibility that one of your kid's friends at school is going to pull something up and then there you are doing something obscene on camera for the entire world to see? How do you think that's going to affect him? And if you think I'm making this up, you need look no further than some of these videos that I've seen pop up where I've come to realize that these, these two young ladies that are now giving... Uh, moral advice to young women of this generation. I think something, something roads. Um, God, what was, I had it written down because I, it was interesting to, to watch these, these interviews and these dynamics. So these two young lady, well, let's say ladies, these two women go by the name of one of them is Mia Khalifa. And then the other one is Lana Rhodes. Both of them have been in interviews before talking about how much their lives have changed after getting out of the adult industry and how they can't go walking down the street without feeling like people look at them as an object or, you know, how they, they can't have a normal relationship because they feel like they're being judged on their past works. Yeah, it, it, that's what goes along with the territory. You want to do this, that's what happens. And it matters to guys because, as we'll get into later, A guy has his reputation to protect. Because while it may sound foolish, there are men out there that still do care about things like honor, integrity, their family name, bringing, bringing honor and bringing, bringing glory to that. 
they care about what the women in their lives do, not because they're insecure, as we'll get into later, but because it reflects on them. Because, ladies, if you're dating a guy, the problem is the thing that he's always worried about in the back of his mind is my friends aren't going to see, oh, yeah, I'm dating this really beautiful girl. It's, oh, yeah, my yeah, my friends know that I'm dating an OnlyFans girl. And once they find that out, there's no part of your relationship that can be built in the future where you have that intimate connection, you have that intimate bond where there's something that just the two of you share. Because now you decided you wanted to share that aspect of your relationship to the entire world for $3.99 a month. So you have to understand that there are consequences to being that involved in social media. Guys, there are consequences to being so wrapped up in one of these Instagram models, quote unquote, to where you miss out on understanding what and where the true value beauty and compliment and in the way that women can compliment your life. You get sidetracked by what potentially you could have realistically, you probably won't ever get, but you're, you're so engrossed by this idea of this online personality and this online quote unquote model that it takes away and it robs you of the opportunity of experiencing something really beneficial from someone who may be in your immediate vicinity. Maybe it's somebody you go to school with on a regular basis. Maybe it's a mutual friend who, you know, you've kind of thought was cute, but you didn't have the backbone to go up and talk to her. We'll get into how you can kind of develop confidence on that and why it's important in another segment of the show. And it will be on today's episode. So believe me, when I tell you that we have a lot of stuff to get to today, we do. And guys, I'm not saying this to come down on you and condemn you. I'm telling you this because I want every single one of you cats out there that's listening to this, I want you to do better. I want you to become the very best version of yourself that you can. And I'm not saying that in a cliche online manner. Like, guys, I want you all to step up to the plate. And I want y'all to be a force for good. I want you to be a stabilizing force for society. I want you to become the men that you used to look up to in superhero movies. Now, obviously, I mean, probably not going to get like superpowers, but you get what I'm saying. When I was a kid growing up, one of the one of the highest ideals, one of the baddest dudes on the block was Bruce Lee and James Bond. Everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee and James Bond, or at least a combination of the two. Why? Bruce Lee was the baddest dude on the block, man. He could he could handle himself. He could take down the bad guys. He was proficient in a martial art. He had that confidence. James Bond was overall suave. He was intelligent. He was masterful. He was subtle. He had a good sense of style. He was great with women. He had access to, you know, all these, you know, cars, weapons, whatever. He did cool stuff. It was the adventure of his life. It was the service towards his country and a greater ideal, something beyond himself that he constantly strove for. But there were also character flaws that he had. But those character flaws we loved because it made up his 
his personality. And we related to it because there were aspects of James Bond that deep down in every single one of us as boys, we looked at it and we're like, yo, man, that's cool. That's awesome, man. He's a spy. He doesn't take anything from anybody. That's cool. Like he's doing, he's doing this adventurous stuff. He did stuff that would challenge him. He did stuff that made him interesting. He knew how to fly a helicopter. He knew how to handle a weapon. He was always great with women in terms of like, you know, chatting them up and, and romancing them and, you know, all the rest of this stuff. It was, it was like the gentleman's gentleman, right? It was that sense of adventure. Bruce Lee, the fearlessness of it, the dedication, the philosophy of Bruce Lee, expanding your understanding in your mind, not being so concerned about one's own might, but being able to, in some of his movies, he would tell his students, he's like, it's not about the punch itself. You can't focus so much on the aggression. It is an expression of yourself. There were philosophies that he would bring forth in his movies that would make you sit and think, and you're like, man, that's cool. Like, what is that about? And then you got older and you figured out what it was. I'm just saying. You you can't get wrapped up in this social media game to where you lose sight of how to have genuine connections with people in front of you. If you're deficient in an area, maybe you're not as confident. That's cool, man. You can work on it. That's not a big deal. There are ways to fix that. Hey, maybe your sense of style and, you know, where it needs to be. That's cool, man. There's ways to fix that because here's the thing. Maybe you're, maybe you're not so good at, uh, at fitness, right? You want to get in a little bit better shape. Guys, there's ways to fix that. And in fixing those deficiencies, you're going to walk with your, your head a little bit higher. You're going to be posting, you know, maybe stuff online to show your progress, the hard work you're putting in and everything else. And then maybe the people that follow you are going to be much more inspired about what you have to offer. Now, let's say you want to start with ground zero and you're like, okay, well, you know, how do I make sure that my Instagram presence is on point, right? Well... There are many different ways you could do that. You could see what makes a great pro profile. But one of the things I will recommend is I came across a young man who has made it uh, kind of a mission of his. Whether it's his, not it's whether or not it's his main focus is is really irrelevant. But he is very good about giving young men tips on how to make the most out of their online presence for Instagram because he understands ultimately what it is morphed into. And Instagram is a dating app. It is a hundred percent is. I, I don't care who you are, man or woman. It is a dating app. It is a hundred percent a dating app. So, if you're wanting to leverage and you're wanting to learn how to properly leverage, let's say your online presence, there is a young man by the name of Daniel R. And he's on. He's on Instagram. And I've, I've, I've talked with Daniel a couple of times on not only some of my uh, pages, but also I picked his brain about even how to improve the quality of the podcast. And in fact, it was him that made the recommendation that I should look into the brand of microphone that I'm now using. So if you notice too that today's episode sounds a little bit cleaner and crisp, it's because 
hey, man, we got new toys to play with. And Daniel, if you're listening, buddy, thank you so much for the recommendation on the the Shura brand. I got to tell you, I looked at their lineup and I looked at their library. I found the piece of tech that was going to be absolutely perfect for the show and I pulled the trigger on it. And dude, I got to tell you, man, you are the man. So guys, if you have any questions about maybe how to go about revamping your Instagram profile, maybe what's what's uh, going to give you the green light as opposed to maybe what's going to give you some problems, I would highly, highly recommend you go over and you check out Daniel R's page. He's got his personal page. He also has his professional photography page. And then he's got a link to his YouTube channel where he and one of his female friends checks out every uh, volunteer's page that comes to him. They'll give you tips, recommendations. They'll blur out your personal information so he's not putting you on blast on YouTube. Guys, this dude knows what's up. And I was really, really honored when I sent him a message. I was like, hey, man, I, I would really love to you know, uh, advertise this on my show. Can I give you a quick shout out? And he was like, yeah, man, go for it. So I'm going to tag him in the update that we're going to make for episode six when we announce the publishing of this episode. So by the time you listen to this, go check out the Instagram page because I guarantee you Daniel is tagged on that story. If you have any questions, go check him out. So <clears throat> that's the social media aspect of it. And this is really just kind of an overview of some of the things that we're going to be jumping into today, or at least one of the major points. It has shifted drastically. And the episodes and the, the segments that follow this, we are going to be going into exactly what those changes are and some of the headaches that are more commonly talked about in the dating world and really how we can go about mitigating those headaches for everyone involved. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to catch you in the next little segment. Go ahead, grab some snacks, maybe go grab some water. I'll see you back here for part two.